Good morning, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another, to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm your morning, my coach as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Good to be back. Arsenal take on Brentford, a side that came as a tough time, if you all remember, on the first day of last season. Yeah, I mean, it seems also before kickoff. Sorry, uh, the. Oh, sh- oh, my audio just went a bit. Uh, yeah, since before kickoff, uh, the media pundits already and rival fans already writing off our, our chances, you know, speaking for myself now, I was, I was quite confident going to the game. Um, I was just thinking to myself, I mean, if you think of what we had to contend with last season at that stadium, when you had two of your, your, like your two front um, mainline strikers out, and then, I mean, I think it was also a very new team put together by Arteta, and I mean, I think this time around, it's like a way stronger team that we put out. Yeah, no, I think it was going to be a good test for Arsenal um, coming off the defeat to Man United. And, you know, that they probably had a few time off to just think about the defeat. But I think yeah. us as Arsenal fans were going to come into this game thinking that, you know, what Arsenal are we going to see? I mean, if, you know, we turn up and we, if the game starts and we get bullied, you kind of say, same old, same old Arsenal. And, you know, interesting enough, Cap, um, club captain wasn't in the squad. Yeah, and I mean, what I was going to add was, I mean, uh, I really wanted to see also a reaction after the defeat. And I think uh, not many were talking about it. And I think Alan Smith spoke about it. I think when we won our third or fourth game, and you also said you would also like to see, you know, what sort of reaction you see from the players. Because sometimes he said, like when you look at Arsenal teams before, they play almost like, you know, with their heads down, almost like they're still you know, hurting from the, the previous defeat. So I was just trying to think, okay, let's just first see if, you know, how far we get. And I mean, you could see already in the tunnel, they were already, you know, looking confident in it. And I mean, Arsenal, of course, made three changes to the squad. Uh, Zinchenko, uh, Odegaard were both out injured. And then Lokonga had to drop to the bench. And then in came uh, Kieran Tierney, Thomas Party, and, and Vieira. What was your thoughts on the lineup? I think I was happy to see Vieira starting again, like with a, with a full strength side. Um, you know, happy to see Tierney giving opportunity, and it kind of showed you the squad's depth to an extent. I know we yeah. don't probably have it too much in the forward line, but you know, Kieran Tierney coming in for Zinchenko, and um, it, it says a lot about the team. And then you know, it's, uh, all eyes were going to be on Fabio Vieira as well as he makes his full Premier League debut. And I mean, you recall you and I were beating on that drum for a while already. When it came to preseason already, we were getting impatient of seeing him. Because as I said the other day already, I just find him like he's like a more uh, direct player. I mean, look, yeah. he's skillful in it. But I think something you mentioned also, I think the other day when we had a private chat, where you said uh, his physicality, we can actually get stuck in. He's also not scared to... to yeah. You know, put his foot in where you know where it hurts. Where sometimes you'll see Odegaard does, but I mean, if he does get clattered or whatever, you can see he actually kind of pull, uh, you know, pulls back a bit in his in his play. But then onto the match, Arsenal gets the match underway. Uh, also, they get the first shot at goal quite early because uh, I think Xhaka ends up footing Martinelli, but I mean, his shot was too tame to test David Ryan goal. Yeah, no, good start to the game, and I think. You could see Arsenal meant business by that start because normally they last season we were always complaining that they starting to slow, they you know very laboured. But I think this team starts from the first whistle. And then thirteenth minute, uh, me that they recently bought from um, Burnley, 
he goes in, you know, on Vieira with, you know, those really heavy Premier League style tackles. And I mean, I think Vieira was laying on the deck a bit waiting for the ref to do something. And I mean, I think that was kind of Vieira's welcome to the Premier League. Yeah, no, I, I think he needed that to shake him up a bit because, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the Premier League's more, like, probably more physical than any other league out there. And yeah. the refs, you know, play on for for more challenges than most. And I mean, look, I think, I think we had, we had also, I think, impressed me as, as an Arsenal fan. is like, you can also see the make the makeup of the of the player because is he going to go in a, into hiding, like, after tackle like that? Or is he going to get you know, roll up your sleeves and get even more involved. And, I mean, you started doing the latter. You started getting involved and winning quite a bit of 50-50s and almost like kept the team driving forward, which is something that you and I are always talking about, that, that we sometimes tend to slack off in certain games. Where, you know, we can even be in the middle of the opposing half and then we'll like still try to play a ball looking for an outlet to get the ball back to the keeper again. And I think that's the, the big mistake we make where, the opponent then goes back, just back into that sort of defensive shape again when we're giving them the chance. But this time around, it looked a different animal, Arsenal. Yeah, I know they, they, they definitely did. And I think, you know, that, that goal was coming the way they were growing and growing in strength. You could see, you know, yeah. Brentford, as, as good as they are at home, I mean, they're a very good side at home. Only lost one game this season. Yeah. You know, Arsenal were growing in stature in this game as it wore on, looking to break down the stubborn Brentford defence. Yeah, then 17th minute from an Arsenal corner, Saka then swings in the ball at the near post. And I mean, Saliba ends up freaking the ball on there. And I mean, he put so much loop on the ball. It actually finds itself into the back of the net where usually the uh, opposing team will normally keep a man on the post. But I mean, it ends, it ends up floating into the net and Arsenal go one up. I think in our favour, what a goal. And I think, um, you know, Saliba showing what he can add to the team. And I think a few seasons back, we were discussing, you know, I think that was, was it when it was just Gabriel playing, when we just signed him that season, we said we're missing defenders um, getting onto the score sheet as well. And, you know, lo and behold, he, he, he bags. I mean, last season, Gabriel was scoring a lot. He scored this season. And now Saliba is adding to the goals as well. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a real positive sign for us, yeah. Then 21st minute, uh, Gabriel goes down injured. And I mean, what was concerning was, even in the pre-match um, warm-up uh, clips of Arsenal, they actually showed him um, holding the back of his calf, like the upper calf. And I actually thought that was almost like getting aggravated in that match because I, I think he was involved also in a, a almost like a hefty tackle, I mean, like a 50-50. But I think he came off almost like second best. But I mean, he managed to soldier on and I mean, he kept, you know kept on playing. Um, then from the 22nd to 26th, when Arsenal were playing a sort of game of football, which was just pure, pure domination. I don't know what your take was. Yeah, I know. It, it, it was exciting to see how we were not allowing Brentford to get back in the game. We were like, it was like we were pushing for that second goal to try to kind of just knock the win out of their sails. Yeah. Then um, 28th minute, Arsenal was a you know, very controlled play on the left. Sees Xhaka sitting in a fantastic cross into the Brentford uh, box. Jesus manages to peel off the last man. And, you know, he powers in the header past David Raya. I mean, 2 0 Arsenal, and I mean, fantastic start. It's the type of headers that you like, you know, where they hit it in the direction the ball is basically coming yeah. from. And it was a, it was a powerful header because Every- the keeper made a good save. Yeah, I mean, everything that, 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 that I like in, in like what I call the skillful header. 
is that, I mean, number one, the cross is like on the money because, I mean, you don't even have to do that much. But I mean, just, just think of it like this. He's backing off that last defender to make that space for himself, but then manages to get that sort of rise with his jump and the power because, I mean, he's still going backwards and he's powering header forward. I mean, as, as I said, I, I mean, I, I love that sometimes the scientific part of football and for me, it was fantastic to watch. Yeah, I know it was. I think at ball, it's also inch-perfect by Xhaka. Yeah. I was I was wondering why he didn't play that type of balls when Asus was up against that Martinez of United. Yeah. Because he wouldn't reach it. Because, I mean, I think that is something that a lot of, I think, defenders kind of um, underestimate in Jesus's game. It's like, he has a hell of a spring in his step. I mean, look, I know I've, I've been hopping on. Of course, I still think we do need a... You know, real target man, but I mean, he kind of makes up for that when he when he uh, gets that ball, you know, flung up above a defender le- level. Because I mean, that guy, guy that was marking was not the shortest guy. Yeah, and he's very strong as well. I mean, if I recall that goal against Bournemouth that he set up for um, Odegaard, which was like how he just, just like you know knocks the defenders off him before he keeps them water nearly. And I think he's all, like you know just all. Hopping again to that game you're talking about. I mean, when the minute he collects the ball, he already gets clattered in the back, but stays on his feet. Yeah. He like he spins of one and then he nudges of another and he slaloms through another few. Because, I mean, yeah, he's it's actually mesmerizing to watch. Because look, we haven't had a forward that direct. Because, I mean, I think he's even a more direct forward than someone like Aubameyang, even. You know, definitely. I think Aubameyang, Aubameyang was good in just going forward, but. Jesus goes forward with purpose and he, and he looks for a pass. He can give a pass. He can. He has vision as well. And I mean, what I like about these games was, look, there was a, a, a short period where Brentford were getting kind of, you know, a bit braver going forward. And, and at, at one point, he was even helping out there at left back also. Like to, to... Yes, 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 I remember that. I remember that. Right. He, was, he was working. He was working his socks off, basically, forward and back. And I think you know, that's what you want in a in a guy up front. You know, you must be there in the box, but also not afraid to get stuck in when 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 it's all hands on deck. Yeah. So second half starts again, uh 49th minute. Within four minutes of the restart, Sakala is the ball off to Vieira. And the debut on the air is a look up, sees where the goalkeeper's position, and then let's fly with the screamer that kisses the inside of the post and into the net. 3 0 Arsenal, unbelievable football. Yeah, no, that was, as they said, he gave the keeper the eyes, the commentator yeah. said. Because I thought he would have wrapped his foot around the ball to curl it, you know, open your foot, finesse type finish. But yeah. actually, he's the kind of a David Beckham whoop almost. And yeah. the keeper, <laughs> key, keeper scored off guard and, you know, like you said, 3-0 Arsenal. What, yeah, what's the that, performance? That I think uh, we've also watched enough times when we watch together football. You know that when the goalie tries to be a bit too clever and they do that at yeah. the And I think the minute he picks that up, he thought to himself, okay, I'm going to eat it to the, the part, you know, the, the furthest part in for the goalie to dive to. And you can see Raya, look, he's not, he's a very agile keeper, but for for, for length, he's not really, you know, going to get that ball the way he used to when you see the banger in there. Yeah, no, 3 0 to Arsenal. You kind of wanted more goals to come because, like, you felt that that, that confidence was there. I mean, getting three goals again away from home, I mean, it's, it's looking promising for this team. Yeah. Uh, then, 53rd minute, Brentford get a free kick. Uh, Jensen lays the ball off to uh, Ivan Tony. And then he ends up seeing a shot, you know, lo- uh, you know, loop over the crossbar. But, I mean, kind of 
Tain warning shot for Arsenal, not to be almost like too uh, content with, you know, just being at three up. But, uh, you know, I must also give hats off to the lads because it's not like they really did take their foot too much off the gas because they yeah. kept, I mean, it, it was almost like, I know one commentator said it's like Arsenal playing in third gear, but it's like they were keeping control of that gear. They were not letting it drop, you know, to a second or first or whatever. They were just seeing that they're keeping it where they can keep them at, at arm's length because, look, Brentford, no matter what, if you think of, of the way they dismantled United or even like some of the other teams before where they were forcing the issue, where they even coming from goals down and whatever, and they're still turning the game around. They they are. I mean, Thomas Frank, that's how I said, uh, imagine he's still going to be put in charge one day, say, of a, a team in the top half of the table, that, you know, real like a top four, top five team. Could, they have money to spend as well, yeah. you know. Because, I mean, technically he's got it on the money. So, um, 57 minutes, Jesus almost makes it four. He slaloms through the Brentford box. And then it's fly with a solid shot, which Raya manages to push away for a corner. Then 66 minutes, uh, Saka forces Raya into another good save. I mean, as I put, jotted down here, Arsenal just net letting up. And I mean, I was loving it. Then 71st minute, Ramsell was becoming almost like a near spectator in the match, but makes it also a good save at the feet of Damsgaard. Yo, um... You mentioned the, the like you know Raya being an agile keeper. He actually you know kept Brentford in the game very nicely as well. Yeah, all yeah. I flattered to deceive at that point with the team. I mean you did a good save with Asus and like you said with Saka. It was like if it wasn't for him, I mean if he had an off day, it could have been three, four, five nil at that point already. I mean look, I know you somebody that that wouldn't do that, but I was look when I heard he was going to be second choice. Like, if we couldn't get Ramsdale. And I was just thinking, I imagine you have, say, both in the same team, uh, him as a number two. Because, look, as I said, with Matt Turner, it was really tough to judge. You don't really, yeah. you know, watch him, like, with the MLS. But whereas Raya, I mean, I've been watching him now, even when he played for, uh, when they were playing in the in the uh, championship and leading up to the, the Premier League run. I mean, he, he, sometimes would have a gaff in him, yes. But, I mean, it's almost like the same way where uh, Ramsdale plays. It's, it's a high-risk football, but, you know, it could, it could sometimes swing both ways, in your favour or the odd occasion against you. Yeah, no, it's, it's 100%. I, I wouldn't have minded him as a second choice. I mean, you know, you wonder if he would have, you know, accepted it. But, I mean, yeah, yeah. coming to a club like Arsenal, you would be playing quite regularly. Yeah. Then, 78th minute, Arsenal make a double substitution. Thomas Party and uh, Martinelli came off and Lokonga and Ketia came on. I mean, I was actually thinking, okay, is this another opportunity for Ketia to... I also thought yeah. that. Because, I mean, look, Brentford, I mean, we have... I must give Thomas Frank props. I mean, there were, you know, three down, but, I mean, you were still having them play football and try to, you know, attack us in a certain pockets. But I think also the, the way they were also doing, uh, setting up their defence, and that was like, you know, you guys aren't going to really catch us out too bad, like, if we, you know, do uh, venture forward. And then, then uh, 82nd minute... Uh, Ramsel sits himself down in the deck, looking to have problems with his ankle. And I mean, I was really concerned because, I mean, he looked like in pain. But then, you know, there was part of me that was thinking, is this the new side of Arsenal that, that they've been talking about also? That with the whole dark arts? Because at that point when uh, we were almost like kind of on the ropes for like about five minutes spell. And I was just wondering, is he doing that to kind of break that, um, you know, almost like the, the not concentration really, but... That rhythm of their play by 
causing that sort of long delay because they were checking his ankle out and it. Yes. And only when he took his first or second kick again, he looked completely <laughs> fine. So I just wonder if he now, if they, or if they are told to do that, where they uh, kind of breaks the rhythm of play. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are. I mean, possibly yes. it has to be an injury or whatever, but still, I just wonder if this is a new style of play by Arsenal because you can see in certain games when, when we under the cost for a few minutes, and then maybe if uh, maybe the player must catch his breath or whatever, they'll just sit down or even get like whatever treatment. And you can see it kind of, it gives it opportunity for the players to come over to Arteta to get some tactical info. Yeah, I, I also think it's something like that. I mean, I even said to to because as I just talk to the TV, man, you know, like when they stay, I'm like, yeah, stay down, stay down, just breathe, everybody, breathe, get some, get yeah. some air into your lungs. I think it is something like that because. And just like you said, slows the rhythm down, gives everybody a chance to to get back to zero, basically, and mm-hmm. you know, take it from there. And it, the tactical breaks used to work with um, Arsenal back with the COVID times when we were on the FA Cup, like leading up that's to that. It. That's true. Um, then, eighty-six minute, uh, Ben White came off. Uh, Tommy also came on. Eighty-seven um, minute, Tierney then plays the ball into Jesus, who peppers Raya again with a shot, which the keeper uh, spills. But there was no Oscar player around to tap in. Then 90th minute, uh, first of all, time Jesus picks up another yellow card. He's fourth of the season. And I mean, for me, it's a bit concerned because, look, we've got um, Spurs and Liverpool coming up in October of the big teams. And you, it's not like you're trying to have him be almost like beyond his best behavior and to not get that fourth yellow card against Spurs even. Yeah, because you don't need to miss a game. I mean, it's Spurs Liverpool. I mean, maybe after that, in the Liverpool game, you can pick up a yellow card. But I think he needs to see us through. I mean, it will be so unfair. Not that it's like a big deal, but it will be so unfair on Arsenal. You know, if we get Liverpool again without, you know, a, a firing yeah. striker. Because I think Liverpool are scared of Jesus as well. Because he's you know, scored few, quite a few goals past Liverpool over the time he's been at City. So, you know, he, he, he can score against them. And I think... We 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 owe Liverpool also a, a defeat. And I mean, I, like um, the other day, I was listening to Ars blog, and they were saying like also something of, um, you know, with, with regards to the, the fourth uh, yellow is on now. Of maybe I don't know how. Honestly, I mean, it's sort of like a, a boggles the mind now. But it's like he's supposed to like be now on his best behavior for about two games. That is like against Spurs and Liverpool. I mean, of course, both home games. But then maybe trying to take the yellow against uh, Leeds away or something like that. Or, uh, sorry, or as you said, against Liverpool, I think you, you mentioned Liverpool. They take yeah. the yellow there, and then you miss out on Leeds. So, I mean, hopefully we should have, you know, enough power, like with Nketiah against or like his former loan club, of doing something there. Then. Because, look, we're already going to get the bye for the, for the Man City game. So there's no big game there. And then, I mean, other than that, uh, when it goes over the rest of the, the, the October... It's just Southampton away. Yeah, Southampton away, not even for us at the Emirates for the rest of October. Yeah, and I think, you know, if you can, if you can pull out four points between Spurs and Liverpool and, and keep a shoes, I mean, that's that's going to be an important yes. part is to, to, to do that. I mean, it's you don't want to, you don't want to take on a Liverpool side that, that's struggling and then you give him hope by saying, OK, Eden Ketty is leading the line. Not yeah. saying that Eden Ketty is not a good player, but you know, can he do it against Spurs and Liverpool, or Liverpool, as you would say? And, and I don't think he has it at the moment to take yeah. on Van Dijk. Because yeah, yeah, that also, and also when you look at at um, 
uh, that Romero guy of Tottenham or, you know, whoever's now behind him. They are that Eric Dyer's also, he can be a, you know, a, a dirty, you know, like a scumbag. But, I mean, he, he's like a solid defender that you're going to need your wits about you to get around him. And I think something yeah. like you said now, Jesus, something that will worm his way through and pass. Yes, exactly. Oh. But he's the type of defense striker that, you know, you can see yourself very early on picking up a yellow card against him because you're getting frustrated and the yeah. Emirates crowd will get on your back. So, you know, we, we, we need a suit for both games. Like you said, yeah. you know, Leeds might be a tricky game to navigate without him away from home. They did beat, you know, Chelsea 3-0. So, you know, there's no easy game, but you'd rather have him miss Leeds than Liverpool. Yeah. Um, so then, like the second minute, Marquinhos came on. Uh, and then, of course, I think the, uh, like the real big, big news was when a uh, 15-year-old uh, Noah Neri, he came on for Arsenal. I mean, I think a real big, big moment. And I mean, I was first kind of questioning it, like, you know, while the match was going on. But then, you know, when we were like, at, at full time, I actually heard the reason that all this whole thing started unfolding because they said already, I think, leading up to the Brentford game, I think early on the Monday already of the last week, uh, Odegaard, there was already some issues with his like his body, whatever he was complaining about the injury or soreness or whatever. And then looks with Rose kind of written himself out of the scene so far, like with the, also this legal that keeps on bothering him. And then I think there was someone like Odegaard and someone Odegaard, uh, Mertesacker and Edu. I think oh, Mertesacker had Edu then come watch that under 18s play the other day, and he was totally dominating that game. I, mean, I, think, I don't know who the, the opponent was. And then, of course, Edu, you know, ends up passing it on to Ateta. He also then has a look at, at the guy. And then all of a sudden, he gets, I think, Wednesday or something like that, he gets a call-up that he's training with the first team on the Thursday, I believe. And then, I mean, they, they, from what Ateta said, what he saw was like, they could see, uh, you know, what sort of gem they're dealing with. And I think they're trying to almost like nurture him, you know, even finer now with, with what they've now seen. Because... From what I hear, they say he's like, you know, really tough. I mean, look, of course, we just got a little cameo of it. Not really a cameo, but we just got a glimpse of him to see that what he could do with the ball, but not that, that much either. But I mean, from what the, the, the rave reviews is getting, even from journalists who's normally quite critical sometimes of Arsenal, where they said also those guys probably, if they saw, like, you know, uh, sort him out right and the way he's uh, going to mature and that he could be another says. I mean, not like we were making a direct comparison, but. They're just saying the sort of uh, development he's going through right now is he's fast-tracking himself, himself, no, not like he's being pushed, but he's fast-tracking himself to a point where it looks like the way Cisco was doing it for us on the early days. Oh, yeah, where he breaks into the first team and becomes a regular, like, quite young in his, yeah. in his side. But, um, you know, you're speaking about Emil Smith-Rowe, and you, you got to wonder, you know, like, if, if guys are coming along at this rate and Vieira is performing and, 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 like, where, did, where does he fit into the squad? Yeah, and I mean, one thing that, that, that I think uh, that Ghana blog was saying the other day, he said, like, sometimes what does even those subs on the bench think now? When you see, especially those in the midfield positions, those that are, and I'm not even talking now of of the senior players, I'm talking of these guys that are brought in, like that, that uh, Smith, and I don't know who there was other kid also that they brought in. They like 17, 18 years old. And I mean, now you're seeing somebody like like this Noah Neri. And I mean, he's already, you know, getting almost like a chance to shine. And I mean, he, who knows what's going to happen now in 
Um, again, they're not as a Europa League, but I think probably Carabao Cup, because as a Europa League, you must have your squad settled already before the tournament even starts. So maybe Carabao Cup is probably where he gets another cameo like we did it with Patino. Oh, yeah. What is happening with Patino at the moment? I mean, the guy was he's, supposed to be... He's been quite well at Blackpool. They're like, also happy with him. The fan base already, you know, he's also okay. like iconic player, even though he's just a loney for the season. Uh, I don't know, the other loneys that I mean, look, we're now already blending it into the talk, now into the talking point section, but um, uh, what's his name? Nuno Tavares is doing fantastic for Marseille, but I think he's the coach of Marseille is actually letting him play. Whereas I think that Atleta has more structure and discipline there at, at Marseille, he can actually now gun for this. I mean, I don't think he's got, I think, three or something goals already. I don't know how many assists for Marseille already. Yeah, I mean, Marseille also look, they have a decent side. I mean, Sanchez is also looking like yeah. rejuvenating his career there. Gwen Doozy and Tavares as a whole Arsenal contingent that's ex Arsenal contingent with. And Colasinac also there, left back. He's oh, playing. I didn't know that. He's also there. Yeah, he, he signed the minute we dissolved his contract. He already had an offer from Marseille to join. And I mean, he's playing now week in, week out for them. And I mean, you don't see him as injury prone as he was by us. I don't know. We must throw people with bricks at training or something because we always sit with injuries, but opposition, when they move to the opposition, they're always playing fine. Now, you know, one of the other talking points on one year, you don't to bring up also was like, I saw, I don't know, how many pundits, like people like Danny Murphy, them being highly critical of Arteta and of Arsenal as a club for, you know, letting this guy play. But I mean, I remember, I've never seen pundits complain when James Milner played at 16 for, yeah. for Leeds. And I also didn't see a big thing, a stop or thing uh, thrown out because Wayne Rooney made his debut at 16 or 17 against Arsenal and scored that winning goal or whatever. But I mean, now it was like, it was like they don't really have things to like say slam us with. So now I'm like, they're trying to nitpick any little decision Arteta makes now. Like even that with the, with the celebration the other day, when when Arsenal celebrated after the Bournemouth game, and then uh, they, they made almost like we were over celebrating. I mean, any team does it. I mean, you saw uh, Tottenham with 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 Richarlison running into the crowd when he scored that goal. It was eventually a rule offside in the league, <laughs> but nobody complains about that or says, says anything about that. But now I mean, so they kind of hammer on almost like that. What you always say, your, the agenda that they have against us. Yeah, no, they they, they definitely is one against us. I mean. They... They first said, yeah, Brentford didn't play too well. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and and all of a sudden, um, Arsenal's tweets were cringe because with Ivor Tony, that whole thing, I don't know, what did we say? Yeah. That, that kicking about to the lads yeah, or something like that. But, but he did that to us and it was nothing that was funny. But when Arsenal did it, it's almost it's cringe now. Yeah. And I mean, like, for me, uh, some, uh, but I also think like, down the years of being an Arsenal fan, what I always realized, when you have these pundits having all the sympathy for you, then you know you are in a real bad state as a club. Yeah. There's no coming back really of it. But when they start hating on you and stuff like and it's like a weekly thing, then you know something is Arsenal are doing something right. And it's something that the same speech that George Graham always gave them of the, the team of the 80s where he used to tell them, it's us against them. Because he said always, the media is always going to try to slam us. You just, I mean, like you feed off that criticism to grind yourself on because you just know it's going to make more of them just more green and with, with the enemy. And I think that's yeah. the way we should go about things. 
it seems like Spurs are the darlings of of, of the England and and United. Like they can do no wrong, you know. When yeah. they if they just pull off a one 0 win, well done, well excellent fourth, you know, tactically well done. Arsenal, you know, will maybe beat the same team that Man City drew to, and suddenly they say, yeah, the team never really turned up. And then I've made the other issue that also I have them to bring up in this talking point section was, I mean, he's some of these, I'm not going to mention now by name or whatever, but I mean, some of these Arsenal fan channels, uh, I mean, I find absolutely ridiculous. I mean, now they're already amongst themselves and that, like on, on social media, already talking about a title challenge and that. And I remember thinking to myself, yet they are the very, you know, uh, quarters of the fan base of Arsenal will drop F-bombs or whatever, the minute Arsenal drop out of the top four challenge or whatever. And I mean, that if you think about the top four, is our challenge right now. The way, I mean, the way you and I yeah. were last season, we thought to ourselves, OK, uh, Europa League would be almost like our promised land. Now we, we got that position. Now for me, next step, top four, get the top four. Whatever else comes with it is a bonus. But don't yes. come now with... I mean... <laughs> We only now in September and people are already talking shit like it. Sorry to swear, but I would still. Yeah, no, I think like we said, you know, last season we were disappointed we never ended fourth. But like when we, if you look at our last episode, we we kind of said, you know, at the end of the day, at the start of the season, we would have taken Europa League. The fact that Champions League was on offer, we, we were quite disappointed, but we should be happy because of, you know, ultimately we would have taken it. And, and now it's the same thing now. I mean, if Arsenal drop out the title race, wish we might be a bit mad, but goal is top four. You get top four, you get two or three quality signings, and you know maybe the next season we we're talking more. You know, a title yeah. challenge. Yeah, and I mean, look, this is not going to be my final point for the podcast today. Since I mean, look, we don't really have, uh, we don't have a match this weekend with the Nations League and that going on. But I mean, I'll to end off my, the podcast with this, and I mean, I'll give give the the mic over to you for your final thoughts. But I mean, for me, this team was now in a good place, like my opinion now. Um, and I, I just think to myself, you know, let them do their thing right now. And I mean, with us, you know, giving uh, them the, like our full backing and not, of course, you know, exceeding expectations. And I mean, to the level we're now going on, let's just hope we can build on and go on stronger from here on in. Yeah, no, I know. I agree with you. Just, just support the guys and, Take it game by game, you know. Mm-hmm. I know there's a there's a whole lot of you know big games coming up, but you know as long as we get the points and like I said, improve on last season's results, and and, and we can take it from there. But I mean, you know, give them giving them our support and and let's yeah. be patient and not don't set unrealistic expectations and expect league titles when you know at the start of the season you would take yeah. it up for. Well said, in. Uh, so, guys, enjoy the rest of the weekend. You're still international football if you want to watch. Take care. Stay safe. Bye. Bye-bye, guys.